0: Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week Erin Aubrey Kaplan. She is uh, a Los Angeles-based journalist, has written columns for the LA Times, LA Weekly, Salon, Essence, Ms, and other publications, and she has a book out called I Heart Obama. Erin Aubrey Kaplan, welcome to Talk Nation Radio.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's great to have you on here. Very interesting book. Tell our listeners uh, why you love Obama. <laughs>
1: Well, I do, I do love Obama. Although it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, because um, uh, I, ma- I make this declaration that I, I embrace Obama. I was, I for, for various reasons, mostly because he's someone uh, with whom I identify, not just as a, a politician, as a president, but as a person, as a sort of fellow Black American who's, you know, making his way. That's that's a whole other discussion I have. But it's, I guess you could call it a critical embrace. I mean, I. Actually, because I feel connected to him, I for the last eight years I have been very sort of warily following him, watching what he's doing, seeing how he evolves as president, and I have not been happy the whole way um, because I really have felt such a personal stake in the whole you know enterprise of him being president. But I do fundamentally, I guess, identification is the kind of love I'm talking about. It's the first time I have felt in my lifetime, and I'm Obama's age, so we're the same generation. I really felt this, this, this sense of something was at stake with an elected official. I mean, frankly, I grew up in the 70s and afterward, and, you know, I first voted at 18 um, in 1980, and Reagan got in office, and it kind of all felt downhill from there to me. But so Obama was this, this major development for all of us in the country, but particularly for me, because I felt that um, that um, I just grown very cynical, I suppose, in electoral politics, and... I really felt in the beginning Obama had this ideal, this one America ideal, which seems a long time ago now, but it really resonated. It really revived my tentative belief in that ideal, and it has not gone the way I'm sure he wanted it to go. But, you know, I did believe and for for a bit, and I was not at all sure he could affect this change, because that's the, really the big change he was hoping for, but I really, I was very interested in watching him try to do it, and I was fearful of his chances of success, and I had reasons for that. But, um, you know, I, I, the main thing is that I felt connected to him. I felt invested in what he did, how he did it, in a way that I never felt invested before in an elected official, and certainly not in a president
0: in the book you you cite your own views uh, over time and those of other people you you interview you quote a number of excuse me, you quote a number of other people uh, on their views about Obama. uh, And and what you seem to have fallen in love with uh, and others uh, in your book includes his looks, his voice, his Mm -hmm. poise, his facial expressions, and of course, his skin color, his race. Uh, I, I mean, are these good reasons to support a politician, or even to get married to somebody for that matter?
1: Or well, it might be good mar- reason to get married to somebody. I don't know. And of course not. Of course they're not good reasons, quote unquote, to, to, to embrace a politician. I think that, but I really think that's the point. One of the points I'm trying to make, and one of the reasons I unabashedly say I heart Obama, he is, in addition to being a president, of course, he's, he is this rock star, which is a phrase we use to describe somebody who is just magnetic, charismatic, um, kind of independent of what they, a- they actually do, whether they're a rock star or not. I was, I was really taken by just his, his symbolism as this, this, this figure that I could just embrace and swoon over and, and be excited about for no other reason than the fact that, you know, uh, I could. Um, that, that is not, um, uh, you know, why someone should vote for anyone. Although I will say, I think electoral politics is so much about emotion. Um, that's just the reality, particularly President, which was such a figurehead, and this idea that obama um could actually um, um, sort of charm so many americans was, is actually very powerful to me i mean it's, it it it's not just a frivolous idea that oh you know he's attractive he he you know um people like the way he looks the way he walks that has a real power um culturally i mean in a, in in a, in, a, in a pop culture way and um i really appreciated that power i had never seen that in a black figure before and i that was very interesting and um, kind of exciting to me. Um, but that is, you know, a thing apart in a way from, of course, his politics and his policies. But I really think that's a huge part of politics anyway, and particularly of presidential politics. And Obama used that, uh, or I guess deployed that very well.
0: So let, let me tell you my impression uh, as someone who does not heart Obama any more than I heart any other uh, human being uh, and in fact uh, is uh, rather put off by his performance in the White House. Uh, I mean, it seems to me reading through your account uh, that you and lots of other people whom you quote were looking for a real uh, agent of progressive change, and you had mm-hmm. that hope for change, and you were disappointed, but you didn't want anybody expressing that disappointment. That, that would be sort of offensive. But at the same time, you sort of blame the failure of the public to to rise up and apply pressure for Obama's failures to act. I mean, this seems like a, a, a rather... Uh, Twisted way of defending Obama at every turn. I mean, he—how could he possibly do any wrong under under that approach? Well,
1: I don't think it wasn't a matter of him not doing any wrong. I think there's, there are plenty of people who, who are—I who quote in the book—who are progressives and and actually just ordinary black people who who were not at all happy with many things he did. I think what you're talking about is this this unwillingness to criticize him in public, perhaps and. You know that's a really particular thing with um, with a lot of black people. It it, it really felt caught. Um, there's so much going on. Um, on the one hand, they were thrilled he became president. What you know, huge symbolism. Two, there were expectations that, of course, the black man in office is going to, in some ways, address the uh... generations-old racial crisis. You know, I mean, there are lots of crises in the country, certainly, that he inherited, particularly, but there was this, you know, natural expectation he could do something about that, and at the same time, um, people said, well, his hands are going to be tied. He's, you know, the way politics work in this country, you don't directly uh, address racial crises. It's no longer in fashion. Um, can't do that. Um, and um, uh, the criticism of him was always out there, but there was a... As we watched the, you know, the opposition, the real fierce opposition to him, which mostly was in Congress, but, um, but also, you know, certainly with centers of the Tea Party, we watched that develop and felt that, well, you know, why pile on the criticism he's He's getting you know so much antipathy, and a lot of it racial antipathy, um there was an unwillingness to to voice our own criticism, so I'm just looking at all the pieces of this puzzle i mean i'm not, I'm not saying any responses were absolutely correct, but I think it was just very complex and uh and just wasn't you know, black, black and white, so to speak. But um, it was
0: well, well, just
1: a real first for, for everybody, I
0: think. Well, let's just look at this distinction between criticizing a politician in public and somewhere else. I mean, what, would, what value would there be in criticizing a, a politician in private?
1: Well, see, that's the thing. I really believe that, of course, Obama's a politician, but he just was not seen that way amongst Black people. He was a real figure. In fact, I call him, you know, he's he is this, this this symbol. Of course, he's first Black president, therefore he's like Jackie Robinson. He's like a Joe Lewis. He's like a uh, that kind of figure, which is not just a politician. It's it's like a cultural figure. In fact, I call him a folk hero um, uh, because, in in other ways, he is he is like uh, one of us, the sort of uh, fellow Black American who is trying to, you know, um, um, trying to make his way, trying to, trying to do his job, so to speak. And so we didn't quite. Of course, he's president; he's politician. That's certainly him. That's his public face. But I really believe a lot of Black folks saw him in a very specific way as this modern, um, um, uh, not a Black leader. That's a whole other chapter. Whether he's even a Black leader, but. A very, a very, key cultural and historical figure that that we're constantly trying to assess, and the conversations we had about him were were not just about his policies and what he's doing, but about him as a as a um, as a figure, as a sort of a member of our family. You know, how, what we 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 looking at what he was doing as president, criticizing his policies or agreeing with them, and also kind of watching how he's being treated by congress by other americans by by you know the outside world so all these you know he he really is you know in a way uh, very kaleidoscopic he represents so many things to black people and um uh you know there was always this conversation going on that it was not exactly public um it really was was insular and um i really wanted to kind of examine that and um because, to me, it was a huge piece of, it will be, I think, a big piece of Obama's legacy that, um, that literally did not get talked about. Because we really have just been um, focused so much on the politics the last eight years, and that's been the public discussion, and, you know, rightly so, because um, that has been evolving. But at the same time, I wanted to go, I wanted to look at the more subtle um, and less talked about aspects of, his, um, of his, his presence in the White House.
0: Yeah, we're speaking with Aaron Audrey Aubrey Kaplan, whose book is I Heart Obama. It, it just seems to me that if you cheer for Jackie Robinson or if you boo for Jackie Robinson, thousands of people don't die as a consequence. You know, the, the president is actually in a position of, of great uh, impact on the world. Sure. So that uh, President Obama has just now said that overthrowing the government in Libya was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Well, some of us were screaming at the top of our lungs five years ago, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Now, we were inappropriate, we were out of place, we were racist, whatever we were, we then thought what he thinks now. So, you know, what are we supposed to think now and what are we supposed to do about a so-called mistake that of that, of course is actually a serious crime resulting in Thousands of deaths and uh, a country thrown into chaos, and weapons dispersed around a region uh, that that is extremely violent. Uh, what you know? Are we supposed to sort of look away because uh, Obama is this uh, figure uh, of mythical proportions, or are we supposed to treat him as a as a public servant and and hold him accountable for what he does?
1: Uh well I I'm I'm not suggesting you don't hold him accountable and there are many things that I bring up in the book that troubled me um on the foreign policy uh side I mean I I I'm not even sure you know uh, killing Osama bin Laden was a, a great thing um there is of course the whole heightened security state that he oversaw um that he I guess you know he could own that um, there, there, there's all sorts of things. Um, I'm not disagreeing with your view of Obama. I guess I, my my point writing the book was to really look at Obama um, as a figure amongst African Americans, starting with myself. And, um, um, and, and 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 nobody, no one I talked to suggested that people were racist for, for example, for for criticizing Obama about about what he did in Libya or in other places or in the Middle East or, you know, that is. Uh, uh, you know, it it wasn't, it's not that black and white at all. It's just that, you know, when I would actually ask people about these moves, you know, in Libya and in in other places, they would say, yes, but, and they would widen the context and say, what about other presidents? What about the the positive things he's done? There was, you know, what about his opening relations with Cuba? And they would go into other issues. And so there was, this, I think, this great fear that Obama would be, um, or the great anxiety that Obama would not be given his due. That was something that um, uh, was very strong, Um, this idea that Obama was going to be consigned to um, uh, failure. And I am not saying he has not failed on many fronts, but that's just the anxiety that I felt out there amongst a lot of black folk was Obama's not going to be given his due, he's not going to be put in proper context. And I know that that can sound like uh, an excuse, but... And some people's minds, you know, I mean, maybe it was for some people, but most people were very concerned about um, uh, this overfocus on all that Obama uh, has has done wrong and not what he has done right, or, or you know, just it, it really had more to do with characterization of Obama, and um, you know, that gets complicated because there is a very strong progressive critique, you know, of him, which I think is legitimate. Um, but that just did, overall did not really sway a lot of black people from their at, at, attachment to, um, connection to Obama as a figure.
0: Yeah. yeah, although there's an argument that when people are uh, in a biased manner uh, criticizing him at every turn and going silent uh, when he does something right, the way to counter that uh, is to honestly uh Praise what he does right, and and criticize what he does wrong. Uh, not become a, a biased voice of only praise, uh, which doesn't you know doesn't sway anybody either. And people just begin to see bias everywhere, and and nobody being honest. Uh, I mean, it seems to me yeah. that that uh, that uh, obviously we live in a very racist society. If Obama's sure. drone victims had been white, he would have been impeached within a year, I think. Right, uh, but if Obama's drone victims had been picked out and killed every Tuesday by a Republican, the <laughs> peace movement would have been in the streets uh, screaming bloody hell, right? And yeah. So, you know
1: what? I, I do not disagree with you. I think as you were talking, it made me realize that, um, you know, uh, yeah, the, the answer is, is Slush is not to, you know, not to praise every, him at every turn, but, you know, he was so consistently... Um, um, uh, almost insulted at every turn. I mean, everything he did within, you know, the Republican Congress, he just nothing could happen with them. And so, this very public rejection of him by Congress and by what I call the White Right, which is you know kind of basically the Tea Party faction, so so I think infuriated so many Black people. They almost didn't care what he did, what Obama did wrong. I know this 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 is all emotion, but it, it was so the 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 rejection of Obama by by Republicans. Um, was, was so total and so consistent, um, and uh, there was a great anger amongst Black people about this. And so when a, when he did made legitimate mistakes, I mean, you know, I mean, drones were beyond were more than that. It's almost like he couldn't couldn't process that. Like, but what about you know uh, what about uh, that opposition? And there are people I talked to who really who believed if he had had more cooperation, a little more cooperation with Congress. He would have followed the, you know, the better angels of his nature and not done certain things, or he might have had better counsel, or, you know, this is a big what-if. But but uh, I think that the opposition that was set up from day one of his, of his administration in, in 2009, that announcement by Republicans, you know, our goal is to get him out of office and not to listen to anything he says, that really set the tone, set the template for, you know, the, the, that, that the I guess, the cultural atmosphere. And that was that was um, that never really diminished. I've I actually heard uh, some, some Republicans say this year, the beginning of this year, 2016, we've got to get him out of office. Well, he's almost out of office. He's almost gone. And so the intensity of the opposition never waned. In fact, it just got stronger. And that was really a distraction uh, from actually a lot of the points you're making. Um, I'm not saying it gave Obama a cover for a lot of the the the. Missteps he made, but it it, it just it just um, uh, overshadowed a lot in the minds of a lot of black folks and you know I, I understand that it was i understand that it was hard to make that that real critical analysis when we felt obama was was being treated so unfairly so that's just the kind of the way it went down.
0: Yeah, there's someone you quote in the book uh, who says, uh, quote, I know it's hard for people to look at drones, to look at why he doesn't do this thing or that thing, but the tightrope is one he has to walk. I have a friend in the South who says she's seen bars with calendars on the walls that count down the days to when Obama gets assassinated. Mm-hmm. End quote. I'm sure she has. I don't doubt it for a minute. Uh, but the thousands of innocent people who've been murdered with drones and this policy that's been created that will be handed on to the next president who won't be black and may be on the bad team instead of the good team uh and the other countries around the world that are developing the same policies of murder anybody anywhere with drones i mean all of those lives are in the balance when we say we're going to blindly cheer for somebody because somebody else hates him, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, th- uh,
1: yeah, I will, I will. I will. I would say there was no blind cheering. I don't think anybody felt good about the the drones.
0: Well, what does a calendar on a wall in program. a bar have to do with your position on killing people with missiles from drones?
1: Well, I think. I think. Uh, okay. I. I. It has. Well, it has. It has a lot to do with what, with what I just mentioned, which is that there was such. Such clear and consistent opposition to Obama um, politically that um, you know uh, that kind of that took a lot of a lot of um, our attention and our energy, um, uh, you know, away from I guess what you call just a very clear-eyed analysis of things you know things that needed to be analyzed. And I'm not saying people were not aware of these things, but they really felt a lot of black folk I talked to felt the real overarching problem was how Obama was was, was, was his lack of cooperation. Um was not just co-op, not lack of cooperation, lack of respect and that was very important to people. It was just was not just lack of respect. That sounds too mild. Um this 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 this, this, this hatred that played out in public, um and it, it really bothered people and quite frankly it, it just um um uh didn't blind them to certain things, to the things you know. You talk specifically about drones and people being killed. Not blind them to those things, but it made it more difficult to to um, um, make that the most important thing. I mean, that's just the way it was, um, yeah. um, and that's unfortunate because you know, again, another what if? If he if if he did not have so much opposition, if you know, we we could maybe him. We'd be having a different discussion right now, maybe about the real issues, the real problems of his presidency. But overall I think black folk felt Obama was up against so much that in a way they didn't forgive him totally forgive him mistakes but they but they just did not condemn him for him for them. You know. That, that
0: was my, that's the feeling that I got. Yeah, I just you know, some of us were trying to impeach George W. Bush. We had an urgency about getting him out of office, sure. uh, and we didn't want his powers that he had accumulated handed off to the next president, whoever it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And in comes Obama, and everybody goes silent, and let's give him a chance, and let's not appear racist, and let's shush a little bit. And he formalizes Bush's policies of, of illegal wars, of drone wars, of lawless imprisonment without trial or charge, of of torture. It's not a crime to be prosecuted. It's a policy choice, but we're going to shift to killing people more than torturing them. A bigger Pentagon budget under Obama than any previous president, openly bragging about bombing seven uh, predominantly Muslim countries, predominantly dark-skinned countries, greater secrecy than any previous president, greater retribution against whistleblowers than any previous president, continues the bank bailouts, no NAFTA reform, no Employee Free Choice Act, none of the campaign promises, the health care mess negotiated with the executives of the insurance companies. I mean, if a Republican had done any of this, We wouldn't have just been sort of moderately uh, annoyed but don't want to go over, but we would have been outraged if a Republican had done these things.
1: I don't know that we would have. Um, You're right. You know, uh, the Republicans, I mean, a lot of this, not to let Obama off the hook, of course, but a lot of this was, you know, uh, started by Republicans. And, you know, so much of what Obama did, certainly initially, was you know he's a guy who wanted to bring everybody to the table he wanted to to appear like a, like like a uh, you know a a um a team not a team player but he wanted he wanted to bring folks to the table he thought i think part of his one america ideal was that he really could work with republicans and and he bent over backwards and that was a huge criticism criticism of him from from um uh, the left and also from black black people uh in the beginning he given away too much and lot i'm not saying some of these moves we're not, you know, um, okay. Mainly his idea, but also as part of this, this I think his own agenda to to um, uh, win everybody over. Yeah. Um, everybody in work.
0: Washington, not not you and me. Everybody and in not Congress, you, not you
1: and me. Washington, right? Exactly. And it didn't work. That's the irony. Um, <clears throat> is that it really it, it it didn't it didn't work. And, and he made, slowly dawned on him that that you know it, it didn't matter. What he did, the Republicans found. You know, the Republicans technically should have applauded. When did it, it dawn? Matter? When did
0: it um, dawn on him? He's looking at right-wing Republicans for the Supreme Court. When is it ever going to dawn on him?
1: You know, I I don't know. I I really, but I really think that he believed. And I, I talked to a couple of people who actually worked with him on his campaign. He really felt that he could be the guy to to be. You know, to 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 broker this. All sides bring together. Horribly divided country, you know that that, uh, that that Bush left to him, and to you know make us all come together. Now uh, it was a ba- it, he calculated badly, and 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 really uh, it won him nothing. Um, would it, I don't know, you know, if he was doing this for political expediency or 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 for um uh uh or, or to really try to bring folks together, but.
0: But, but just anyway, the idea that he knows better in his secret heart of hearts somehow yeah, well, makes I, I really it better believe, yeah. than if it were someone else doing the same things, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I actually bring that up more than once in the book, which is that, you know, I don't know if you read his, his own memoir. Yeah. Um, this is before he became a political, you know, superstar. So it's kind of more honest than, you know, things written after that. But he has himself, I mean, I I am sure, I don't know him, but I am sure that that. That um, uh, that he that there are a lot of things um, that he is well he's described as a centrist but I, I think there there are a lot of things um, I mean he wants world peace he wants he wants people to get along he he's not he's not I think I you know in his own ideals a hawk or anything like that i think he now he, he
0: went to oslo and received a nobel peace prize yes, and gave the first acceptance speech in the history of that prize where he said we must have war you can't avoid it dr king was wrong he actually explicitly disagreed yes. with dr king's acceptance speech at the same award and you yes, tell well, me I, I, and you tell well, me well, he look, wants peace
1: to be fair he did say before that before that happened when he was i think in the senate um, said oh no i'm sorry he was running for when he was running as, as a candidate he said I'm not against all wars, I'm against stupid wars, right? Yes, that's that. exactly what he said. Yeah, so he never never uh um uh represented himself as a anti-war
0: No, no, he didn't, but you just did. You just told me he wants peace. Right. Well, you know, the Pentagon says it wants peace. It wants peace through war. I want peace through peace. There's a difference. Um, yeah, but you're right, there is a we, difference. But again, he he
1: he I think um uh at the time, you know, um he sounded like a let's just say he sounded he was like a breath of fresh air to many people who were in fact tired of wars. You know, did not you know were were were, were uh, we yeah were yeah they wanted
0: peace. peace. We all wanted peace. Yeah. Uh, his voters no, wanted want peace. peace, right? Right. But, but I'm
1: saying I, I think uh, many people. One of the, one of the things that got him into office in 2008 was the complete fatigue with the Iraq War, which um, you know was a, a huge waste of, of blood and treasure. And Obama, you know, um, uh, uh, opposed that war. Um, so,
0: other than voting to fund it every dollar he could get his hands on, he, he uh, and having the good fortune to not be in the Senate yet in time to have voted for it, which won him a primary over Hillary Clinton, who was in right. the Senate at the time. Um, we, right. It's, right.
1: Well, you know, I, <laughs> you know, these are, um, these are all really vital issues. That um, that you know, you really cannot separate from Obama a figure. But I, you know, what I was trying to do was really look, get in very close and look at Obama as you know. I was looking at his residence as a cultural, historical figure amongst African Americans, simply because he achieved the impossible, at least in our minds, and that is to become president. Now, one thing I I do say in the book, one of the reasons I feared
0: okay less for than a Obama, less than a minute.
1: Okay. Uh, one of the reasons I feared for Obama was that I knew he was he was in fact taking over an empire, taking over this huge thing called the, this huge machine called the United States, and what could he really do? What was he going to do? Um to, to affect change. And that was, that was going to be the struggle.
0: Well, I think it is a lesson for what voters should not do this time around uh, and, and should not double down on the tokenism and the identity uh, politics. But the book is called I Heart Obama. It's by Aaron Aubrey Kaplan. Aaron, thank you for coming on Talk Nation Radio.